Hallelujah. There's something about me, though, you just got to know. When I start rubbing the sweat off, something turns brown. I'm going to tell you, it just comes off. <laughs> That's my wife. She goes, I don't understand how the sheets can. I said, well, because it comes off. It... <laughs> I want to ask my, my wife to come and greet you just before we get going this morning. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Pastor Ziggy and Annie, for having us this week. We're Good excited. morning. Yes, we are excited to be here. We are excited. Um, I'm just so thankful to get to come in and worship with you guys, and I always enjoy it. Just the Spirit of God always just moves, and there's such freedom and such liberty, and I just enjoy that so much to be able to come in and just enter right in with you guys, and you're just part of our family. Um, I just love being here. I'm excited about what God's going to do this week. I think there's even going to be a, another level of freedom. Although there Amen. is freedom in here already, Hallelujah. obviously there is such freedom. <laughs> but I'm believing for even more freedom. Can any of you agree that, that I need a little more freedom? Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we go through this life and, and things get a hold of us. Sometimes we think we're free in an area and then if you will allow it, God God will come up and he will say, hey, I need to deal with that. I just want to share with you something that happened to me the other morning. I love waking up and the Spirit of God gives me a song and worship. And I just love that, that happening to me. But you know what? Every now and then the enemy will come in when you wake up. And you just be cranky or just be grumpy or just something happens. You know, does that happen to anybody else every now and then? You know, and, and it's like, okay. I know what that is. A lot of times we'll go through life and we won't, we won't even recognize what that is. That can be a spirit that yeah. comes to attach itself to you. I just want to share, be real real with you. Uh, Sunday morning, a couple of Sundays ago, I got up and it, I woke up about 5.30 in the morning. And this voice, this old voice, this voice from my childhood, a critical voice was just hitting me. It was just hammering my mind. And I hadn't had that happen to me in a really long time. And I thought, man, this is crazy. And it, but I had to deal with it. And I started, you know, just feeling irritated. Have you ever had these things come at you? And it brings you backwards. Mm -hmm. That's not what God does. God brings us forward out right. of that. And so right. this thing was, I heard, it was just like the person was right there speaking those things over me that I, had been spoken over me as a child. And I thought, you know, and my flesh wanted to get angry. But I knew the key. I've been doing this too long. I knew forgiveness. It didn't matter what had happened. You know, things happen to us in our childhood, and we may not even recognize that those things are still coming along and messing with us. And then the Lord reveals them. And so I'm just like, freedom. I need freedom in Jesus' name. I reached out, and I'm like, man, I need you to pray for me because I'm really wanting to, you know, Next time I see this person, I really want to let them have a piece of my mind. How many of you know you can't keep just having, giving nope. somebody a piece of your nope. mind? Nope. You can't live there. You can't walk in that. Nope. That's not freedom. So I chose to forgive. Absolutely chose to forgive. I knew we had worship that morning. I needed to make sure there was nothing in my heart. And whatever needed to be done, I forgive it. Lord, heal my heart. Heal me, touch me. I get, to the, I get to the church, I'm on the keyboard, and on my stand here, there's a marble on my stand, my music stand. And I'm like, it was weird. 
It was just the Lord just like, hey, I haven't seen a marble. We've been there 21 years. There has never been a marble in that church. It was on that stand, but that person taught me how to play marbles as a child. I, I'm like, thank you, God, for that good memory. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, God, that even though the enemy tried to throw that fiery dart at me that morning and make me feel stupid and crazy and what's wrong with you, God said, remember that marble? Remember those marble games? Remember that fun time you had. Remember them teaching you that. And it's just like, it just turned it around. It just gave me a different perspective. So I'm telling you, the enemy will come at us. He comes at all of us. We don't ever arrive in that place that we don't come under some kind of a fiery dart or attack. I'm sorry, you're supposed to be preaching. No, you go right ahead. I mean, that's awesome. That's why I asked you to come up. So, <laughs> She's about to open up the word. Amen. Any, Come on. Anyway, I Go just, right for it. I just know that there are people in here this week that are going to get free. Amen. They're going to have another level right. of freedom. They're going to receive <laughs> another level of freedom in this house. For the freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, um, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Amen. For you were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love. In Jesus' name. And that's what you do when the enemy comes at you with those old voices and those things that snag us up. I want to be free. How about you? Let's go to a higher level these next several services of freedom in Jesus' name. But I'm really glad to be here and I love you guys. Awesome. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Everybody say, Lord, set me free. Lord, set me free. Hallelujah. God's been good to us. And freedom is the life of the believer. You know, you need to think about, you know, when I was young, I remember people getting saved, but they would always refer to things in a past tense, not in a present tense. You know, I got this a long time ago. But it was like obvious in their life that they'd never maintained anything that they had gotten all those years ago. Their life didn't seem to reflect. They lived in a, a place of memories, but they didn't, they didn't have a reality of what God had deposited. And I determined when uh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit that that was not going to be me. That was one of the reasons I turned off to church uh, in my teens and, and early 20s was because I didn't want something that seemed like a club, something that seemed like a bunch of stories and then the Lord introduced me to the real. But I found that as you walk with the Lord, you go from glory to glory. And you are changed when you behold him, when you see him, when you have a divine encounter. We really are supposed to live in the place where we have encounters with the Lord. There's none of us as children of God that are not supposed to have a visit with our Father, at least every now and then. But when you see him, the Bible says that you change. There's something about God that when God begins to show up in your life, what he's presenting himself to be is what you're going to be needing so that the adjustments can be made and he can bring you out of where you've been stuck or where you currently are and you can grow and develop. 
One of the things I've learned about the Lord is that, yes, there are things about the Lord that, yeah, it's rock solid. We know that. That's God. But then he begins to show himself to us, and it's like, I didn't realize that. And it reflects something in me that I didn't really think God cared about or I didn't think I could change or I really didn't care about changing. And then as he appears in your life, it provokes you. And it causes a power to come into your life to walk out of something that you've been stuck in a long time. Boy, I'm thankful for the Lord and all the years and every wave and every touch that he has come into my life and changed me. And that's the journey. That's just something we really ought to settle. Don't, don't see yourself as having arrived. See yourself as, yes, this is a place we might camp for a moment. But there's a moment that we got to pick up and keep moving with the cloud because the cloud keeps going and we're going to keep walking with him and keep going until Jesus comes to take us out of this earth. Amen. Amen. Jesus is coming, Amen. but let's be found of him in a right way. I, I don't think that's preached anymore. You know, we really don't talk about that like we used to years ago. There's a lot of the church. They're not ready for Jesus to come. I've met too many saints. They're scared of the Lord coming and they're a saint. They're a forgiven blood washed saint. Their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but they're like, I'm not ready. Well, why aren't you ready? What is wrong that you need to get ready? And it's like, we need to think about when he comes. I mean, you want to be able to look Jesus right in the eye when he comes, not be hanging your head like, oh my gosh, here we go. We're about to get into trouble. Let's come and meet the Lord in peace. Let's get it settled. Let's get, let's get the, the edge back in our life. And let's be the people. Because I'm telling you, Jesus is not coming for a church that is running scared, living in a cave, and eating spam. Now, I like spam. Uh, I like it. Amen. I still eat it. But, I'm, but it's, not, it's not my survival food from my cave. The Bible says he's coming for a church that is the glorious church. A gl glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such blemish. I know the church doesn't look like that right now, but I'm telling you, he has a way of getting it ready. And something about the glory, something about the glory, when the glory comes, something about all those wrinkles and blemishes are dealt with. So let's be determined. And I know you are. I mean, I know your pastors real well. They are, they are pushing for this and, and plugging for this. But I also know that when you sit under a ministry a long time, sometimes you get deaf. You don't mean to be, but you get deaf to the messaging. But listen, God's called this church to be a glorious church and to be a reflection and a radiation uh, in, the, in the realm around it. And I'm telling you, God wants to expand your footprint. Right where you are, God's trying to expand your footprint. And basically all that means is that what he's doing here, he's trying to get it out of the house and do it in other people's lives. So I encourage you, don't, uh, don't become tone deaf to the messaging that God wants you to be a glorious church and a presence-based church, a church that walks in his presence. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, that's going to be us. Well, once again, thank you for having us come, and thank you for being here this morning. Um, God's been doing some interesting things. This, th we've been here quite a bit in the last year. Uh, but through the course of, of just within the last year, there's been a lot of changes that, have, that I've observed in the body of Christ in my circle, in my realm, especially the things that I'm hearing the Lord say. And I heard the Lord talk about revival this year. 
I heard the Lord talk about it at the, at, the, at the end of last year, the beginning of this year. He began to talk about it. The Spirit began to speak about it. But my problem was is that I had a perception about how God was going to do it that when he began to manifest, I kept trying to drag God over into what, what I wanted him to do rather than what he was highlighting. And uh, because of the way the Lord works in my life, uh, slowly but surely, I started getting a hold of what he was really up to. And now I'm starting to hear about the journey ahead, where we're going as his people, what's actually happening. And I don't think it's just happening in our realm down there in Queen City. I think it's happening at a broader level. In fact, I'm beginning to hear of it uh, in all, all kinds of places with a generation of people. Now listen, I started asking the Lord, you know, I feel like I'm a little bit left out of some of the manifestations of what I'm seeing because it's not happening what I'm seeing these, these, these 40 and under people in my, my group. They're beginning to hear God in a way that is sharp and clear and the hunger level has just shot out the roof. They're rabid for the word of God and the presence of God. They're rabid for it. They, they eat and sleep and drink pursuing God. And it's like popcorn popping amongst our body. They're just beginning to wake up. And it was like my own daughter-in-law, who's been in church her entire life, keeps telling me, and I know this is not exactly true, but she feels like it's true. She said, I, I think I got saved this year. And I'm like, no, not really. You didn't get saved this year. You were just not really listening. You were not really in a place where you needed to be with God, but your ignorance and your religious uh, mindset had allowed you to, to have a, a churchology, a, a Christianese that, that, you, that was, didn't have a lot of life in it. Now, she loved God. She was a worshiper, and she's definitely got an anointing and a gift, but the person she is now is a completely different person than what she was. You know, I'll be real honest with you. We'll be a little bit transparent. My, my, da my daughter-in-law, you know, they were, they, were, they were wine sippers. You know, they were <laughs> a little more than that. You know, they were kind of <laughs> Christians who kind of had, had a lot of vices. But it was okay because we're covered by grace, you know. I'm, and you know, that's what a big deal, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm going to do this and that and the other, you know. And I was like, are you sure you need to go to that? Oh, no, it's all right. Don't be legalistic, you know. And I'm... Not only your father-in-law, but I'm a pastor. And, you know, people like that in your church that carry an anointing and an influence bleed into other people's lives. It's amazing how because they are liked and because they have it, there's other people around that same circle like, well, we're going to kind of move into that zone too because if they can do it, we can do it. And then it becomes a, a way of acceptance. But it's like now... I mean, there's such a transformation that's happened in her thinking that she's been bombarding me all the time with verses of Scripture because they're in the Word so much. And she's like, oh, my God, the Bible says I shouldn't be doing that. How did I not see that? Did you know that was? Uh, of course I knew it was in there. She said, the Bible says wine is a mocker. Oh, she, oh my God. I've been giving myself permission for things that once I heard the Holy Spirit, he didn't give me permission. But I gave myself permission because it, was it? it wasn't hurting nobody. 
But it's like such a change, such a transformation. And now my son got caught up in it. I mean, his first statement when he saw her light on fire was, uh, well, that's good for you. And, I, and I'll, I'll support you. But don't put no pressure on me. Boy, it didn't take very, you know, it's infectious. The infection that goes the negative way also goes the positive way. Well, the next thing you know, he's like, he is so radical on fire that they have made massive adjustments within their life. And they're living so on fire for the Lord. And for the first time, that home is full of laughter and joy and celebration. Their Saturdays, instead of trying to plan an outing, is to pull out all the study material and load up the kitchen table and sit there and start reading the Bible and bantering back and forth with what they're seeing and reading in the Word of God. And the house is just filled with Jesus. And it's not just them, but it's all over our body. There's this whole generation that has been waking up, and they're lighting on fire. And I've been real concerned. I was real concerned starting out in the year over our young people in church, the, the, the teens, because we were having all kinds of rebellious issues. We were having a challenging of authority all the time, a disrupting of classes, a, a mocking, snickering, talking, gossiping, you know, or, or just skipping class and hanging out in the back trying to find a nook and a cranny to, so we could just skip out on all the spiritual stuff. And, you know, all that stuff was going on. And then on top of that, we had parents that were just being difficult. Oh, well, you need to pick in on my little Johnny or my little Susie. And it's like, we're not picking on your little Johnny or your little Susie. We're, we're, we were here for a reason. We, this, is, this is church. This is what we do. This not, we don't visit uh, except in appropriate times. We, we're trying to reach your kids. You know, you're, you're calling us, asking us to pray for your kids, but then you're not helping it. So we were having all kinds of challenging issues. But I'm going to tell you, it was like something happened when we sent them to camp this year. But they had divine encounters also that they come back. And honest to God, the very ones that were the most problematic are the ones that are up there leading the chorus now. And I mean, their whole countenance is different. Their whole change and demeanor is different. And instead of allowing others that have not got the touch yet to pull on them like they used to, they're grabbing them and saying, no, we're going this way. And they're, they're leading towards a place. And you're, I'm looking at that right now, and I'm like, dear God, this... This is what I've, what I've been praying for and hoping would happen. It's happening right in front of us. So I spent a lot of time asking the Lord and talking to the Lord about it because, <coughs> like I said, it's not, it's not like, a, like a fire like that in me. But, you know, once again, I think you've already heard this. God's already got my generation, my time. He, 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 caught, he taught us. He caught us and... We had these encounters that marked us, and this is who we are. We just live this way. So it can seem like we're, not, we're missing it when we're not. We're, we're just, we're, we're already there. But when we started seeing that happen with them, we also started seeing the older folks in the church. Thank you, pa uh, Brother Ted. I'll start to say Pastor Ted. Brother Ted. We're seeing the older folks in the church, though, starting to kind of back up a little bit. And, they, you know, I noticed when we got back from camp that, that some of the older folks just began to move towards the back, sit down, not participate, let the young ones do it. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, just, just sit down and through the entire worship service, never, never participating at all. And it started really concerning me. We started getting visits from uh, even those that were ministry-minded in the church and serving in ministry that were older. 
And they're like, well, you know, I'm just feeling like I'm old hat. And I feel like uh, I, I just, I'm just not having these things. Maybe my time is done. And maybe I need to, need to, to step aside. I even had my, my beautiful oldest elder, Miss Pat Collins, who's 90, 93 years old. And she was saying, maybe my time is over. I don't know. I'm feeling a little odd, a little weird. And, and I'm like, no, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. This is, this is, that's the mistake that if we make, this generation that's getting lit on fire is going to lose. They're going to they're gonna go off in a ditch. If we can't get up and figure a way to get up alongside of them and continue to lead like we're supposed to lead. Listen, we make that mistake in charismatic church and, and all kinds of church where we let the young ones take over and we become youth-oriented instead of body-oriented. Listen, I, I've, I've said this before. I don't know how I, I learned this. I heard this somewhere along. This thing is going to fly off. So if I start bucking and running, you know, this thing is not going to ride. But, but we have this myth called the generation gap. There's, it's a myth. It's not true. We've made it true out of the 1950s uh, so because that was the mark where the rebellious generation began to break off from the traditions of their fathers. And we just kind of as a society went along with it. And each generation kind of the gulf began to separate even further and further until it infected the body of Christ to where we think of we're older and they're younger. And because they're younger, uh, that means I don't need to be involved in any way. And then the young people feel the same way. Like, well, we're, we've got all the energy, the zeal, and the fire, so you old folks just get out of the way. Man, when I was younger in the Lord, there was a preacher that was, that was popular at the time. He got up, and he just prophesied and said, the Lord says, all you old people, get out of the way. Well, he got, thank God, he got a lot of visits from them fathers, and they went to his office and sat down with him and said, you need to straighten up and be quiet about that because that ain't God. Right. And it was like, and when I heard that, of course, I was young then. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, let's bump them old folks out of the way because they're holding us back. And it was like, wait a minute. There's an honoring of the gray head. Oh, yeah. And that gray head is on their head because God is trying to reflect to another generation about how to have longevity. Oh, yeah. Not just fire. I mean, you can have fire and burn, plumb out. The Bible says in the book of Jude that the end times will be marked by shooting stars. Shooting stars are people that fire up in the things of God and they go like a Roman candle and then they fade out. You don't want to be a shooting star in the last days. You want to be a consistent burning torch that shines brighter under the more perfect day like the Proverbs tells us. Hallelujah. That's our role in the body of Christ when God begins to move in a generation. And he's calling all of us to learn and figure out how we get on board with that. And I'm telling you right now, with what I'm watching in the body of Christ at my, my camp, my circle, it's, it's growing. I had a Saturday night meeting with some leaders from our camp that came down. They wanted to ask questions because they're, they're such newbies at the encounters with the Lord, they just wanted to ask, uh, what's going on? What do you think is going on? This was your group that came down here and stirred this up. So what's going on with all of this? We know we saw it. We saw it. We saw it. I'm telling you, those kids at camp, 
There were so many kids, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody. I think y'all are mature enough, but there were so many of the kids. They were getting set free from homosexuality and, and identity issues that it wasn't funny. Molestation and trauma. They were, they were, they were getting set. Demons were coming out of the kids. Yes. Were manifesting and coming out of the kids that were church kids. These were, and I mean, we're not talking about, well, I think something. No, we're talking about it was so dramatic that all the other kids that were around were going, and I mean, people were manifesting. These young people were manifesting. And I'm telling you, those kids, the ones that had been sitting under the word of God, that had heard things about this, that never saw it, but heard the stories, all of a sudden, it's almost like they broke into a mode of, I think I know what to do. And the word took on life and they began to participate in helping see, see people get set free. We've got young people. One young, our young ladies is from Dallas and her home life is dysfunctional to the max. Ungodly, full of sin, wickedness. I'm, I'm talking about fight. And man, she got dramatically set free. And I was talking to her after church the other night, and I said, hey, when are you supposed to be heading back? She goes, well, I don't think I'm ready yet. I think I need to, I need to get stable. I need to grow. I, I don't want to lose what God has done in my life. And this is the same little girl just weeks before who was kind of like, <sighs> I mean, we said the, we said the national anthem. Uh, we, we, we played the national anthem one Fourth of July, and she sat in her car and her eyes, oh, my God. And now she's up there singing along and praising and getting right on the front. And Sunday morning, or last, last service, she was just up there moving them arms and she's just going to town. And it's like you're looking at that and you're, you're, you're seeing a miracle. You're seeing a miracle of a transformation of how God has, is taking a generation. Listen, he's taking a generation right now whose faith has really been in the wisdom of men. And not in the power of God. We can talk our story. We, and we're supposed to. We're supposed to testify of our stories and our encounters. You're supposed to do that. But you have to always remember that the point of you sharing the story, the testimony of Jesus in your life, is so that God can come upon that and open somebody else's life up to have encounters also. So that they don't just hear stories and rest in fables. But they're, but they're resting their faith in the power of God because the same Jesus that touched and transformed me is touching and transforming them now in their time. And now they're going to carry that thing on in their time. Listen, I don't know if you've been this way, but I've been extremely concerned about this young generation to the point that I've been, been looking at this generation and think, my God, if something doesn't happen, they were going to watch a generation be lost. If something doesn't happen, we're literally going to watch... I know somebody just said this last night, but, but I'm telling you, we got to remind the body of Christ that God, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm punting this thing now. We got to remind the body of Christ as, as we're, y'all are, y'all are beginning to raise your kids in church and, and it's a wonderful thing. You're growing church. You're going to grow one way or another. You're, you're, you're busy. Amen. You're fulfilling the destiny to, to multiply and fill the earth. Amen. Yes, do it. But remember this, God does not have grandkids. Come on. 
He does not have grandkids. He does not have grandkids. But you know, we sometimes think he does. We, we watch some of those kids are like, boy, I didn't know it was Israel. I didn't know it was like this. I heard you. I mean, I even got a phone call just, just a couple of days after camp was over by one of the, the problematic students who was about to transition out because they're, they're older. They've been giving us fits for months. In fact, their first day at camp were like, what do, what do we, they're asking other students, what do we got to do to get kicked out of here? That was what they were doing. What do we got to do to get kidding? Now they calling me up on the phone. I said, Pastor, I just want to call you and let you know I am sorry. I'm sorry. I said, well, what's, what's going on? What, 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 what do you mean? She goes, I really thought you were extreme. I thought you were just one of those, those people who just thought there was a demon behind everything. And she goes, now I kind of think there might be. <laughs> And she just, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry for the way I've been acting. You know how huge that is for a pastor to hear? For somebody that's a young person like that, who didn't have to do it, to pick up the phone and repent to the pastor for being such a pill and a rear end for such a long time. I don't know about you. You know, we want a move of God to always be the fire of screaming. But my God, I'll take that too. Amen. That made me go, all right, something's happening now. And see, this is where I've kind of messed up, you know, with the whole perception of revival was I'm like, I'm not seeing the things that I've saw in the past. So what's, what is this? It's like people are hearing the, I mean, I'm preaching messages that I've preached for 20 years and, you know, it comes around again, you know, it just, it's just stuff you say. Because it's just your message. And it's like, they're hearing it for the... I got people just exploding. When I'm thinking it's dead and dry, they're exploding with... I mean, I'm like pulling the tablets and the pens out, and I'm like... Now, there's always those that do that, but I've never seen it just... across the church, and I'm like, this is pretty basic. We don't have to write down Jesus loves me. But <laughs> and it's like, what's going on? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've left church going, what is happening? Because I think in one way, and finally the Holy Spirit started talking to him. He said, I'm visiting them. I'm, open, I'm opening their hearing. Right. You're opening their hearing. Right. He goes, yes. And he said, don't you back down now. Go ahead, don't you back down now because you're trying to drag me over into another zone that you need to say what needs to be said right now because they're getting it now. And if you will obey in the season that you're in with them, it'll carry you to the season I'm really trying to get to down the road. And that's what's happening, folks, in the body of Christ is this younger generation is not going to be lost. They're going to go with us, but we've got to be willing to go too. And we've got to be willing to allow what's happening in them to happen in us. And I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning, but I'm telling you, it's important. It's important. So if you'll allow me just a little, little time here, this is how we're going to start this week, but 
we're going something into something this week that I think we need, need to, to get into as we progress. So Isaiah, the book of Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4. <coughs> See, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith doesn't come by the Bible. Faith comes by hearing the word and hearing it again and hearing it again. There's some work that, 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 that you should never allow to go away within your life. This deep relationship with God where you can actually hear God talk. And it's normal for the Christian. It's normal, especially for the Spirit-filled Christian. He should be in a place where God can communicate to him and talk to him and he gets it. So Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4 says, The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him, how, him who is weary. Speaking a word in season to him who's weary. I think the weary here, I heard a brother say this one time. He said, you know, there's a lot of people going around in the body of Christ today, especially young people. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And he goes, what really is happening isn't uh, you're so physically tired. Your soul is weary because you're not, you're not hearing and you're not, not, not walking where, where the Lord wants you to walk and you're allowing things to heap up in you. Well, I'll tell you, when God starts talking, he can, he can help you with that. Break that off. Now listen, here's it. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I want you to say this. Say, God's training me. God's training me. God is training you. His relationship with you, Paul said it this way. He said, those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I don't know if you know, I'm sure you know this, but in, in that, that Galatians verse that I just quoted, the word led is a word that describes the pupil. You know, in those ancient days of, of the Greek culture that the early church was set in, parents had oftentimes had a, a person that that tutored their children, and they would send their kids to the tutor, but the person that kind of worked for both sides of the thing would carry the children from the home or walk them from the home to the, the classroom. Well, he's talking about that's how the Holy Spirit is trying to manifest himself as your teacher. He's in the classroom teaching, but he's also at the door waiting to pick you up for the ride to go over there. And Paul is saying, those, those that are led or those that are allowed by, the, by their own will to bend to the Holy Spirit to pick them up and take them there, these are the ones that are maturing because the word for sons of God is the huios sons. Listen, there's nephios, which is babies. There's technons, which are little kids. There's pateons, which are teenagers. And there's huios that are the mature sons, the ones that were able to, to partner with dad in the family business. This is what happened with Jesus when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan and he's 30 years of age. He comes up out of the water and the voice from heaven speaks, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Do you realize that happened all over Israel? Not from the booming voice, 
But they had ceremonies like that all over the land of Israel when a son reached 30 years of age and he was a good son and his dad had some kind of a business to, to make a living for the family. And at that point in the ceremony, the dad was declaring to everybody, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And now he put him on the, the, the sign out front of the business. He put him on the checking account. He, put, he gave him complete authority, the same authority that daddy carried. He gave it to him to walk in this new realm with his dad. That's what it means to be a we are son. This is the son or daughter that you're looking to become. See, the, 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 the child or the, 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 the heir, it, Paul said it this way in chapter 4, the heir, as long as, a, as he is a child, differs nothing than a slave. He still looks like, you know how many Christians there are in the body of Christ? They still look like a slave. They still, they still look like I, I, I'm not what they say I am. But there are those that do, that have matured and walked with God, and God has been able to teach them and train them and talk to them. Now, where, where, where the relationship takes on a different way, about it where we could hear things from the Holy Spirit not like a kid hears but like an adult hears and then when we begin to try to communicate that adults can hear you know Paul said this Paul said I speak in, I'm speaking the wisdom of God in a mystery but he says that wisdom of God the immature aren't really understanding the mature are getting it. God is expediting a process right now of visiting a generation and in the process of visiting a generation and opening up their ears, you know what he's doing to our older generation? He's digging our ears back out. He's recircumcising our hearing again so that we begin to get sharper than we've got. Uh, listen, there's a difference between hearing a man preach to you and then able to discern and hear the Lord in the midst of that. And my hearing opens up. You know, this is one of the reasons why I don't chase a word. You know why I don't chase a word? Don't, do I ever need a word? Yes. And when God knows I need one really bad, he gives me one. But I don't chase one because I want to be able to hear God. I want the word not to be something that comes out of left field that I've never heard before. I want something to confirm what it is I think I'm hearing. And you talk about being able to edify and lift you up. When, when, when the man of God prophesies over you, but you've been already hearing that. Maybe your hearing wasn't mature. Maybe your hearing was on another level. But now he said it. It's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And it carries you and edifies you and builds you up and takes you uh, where, where God's intending for you to go. Are you with me this morning? Yes. Uh, so God is training. One more time, say, God is training me. God is training me. What he's training you to do is start hearing him on another level. Hearing him as a mature person. And listen, he says it right here in this last part of verse 4. He said, he awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Yes. Not just hear... But here is somebody who's actually getting it. And now 
I'm no longer just entering school. I've been in school, and now I'm graduating to the next grade. And what happens when you graduate to the next grade? You're more learned than you were when you were in the previous grades. And eventually, you know, we moved down to Queen City. This, I, never, I don't think I ever told you this, Pastor. We moved down to Queen City. I was having this repetitious dream six months before going to Queen City. And we didn't even know at that point that we were actually going to go to Queen City. But in this dream, I kept dreaming that I was graduating high school. And I was at my graduation. I was at my high school. And they were handing me my diploma. Or I was trying to get my stuff on to get up in the line. And I had this so many times. I'm beginning to think, man, something just, it, what are you saying, God? Are you, are, I mean, I thought I was already there. But he's like, no, you're about to graduate. You're about to come out of the place that was your cradle, the place that was, you were being uh, taught the basics so that now you could apply it in real life. And what we knew when we got down to Queen City, we hit another level of something that was all the stuff that we had learned in the previous setting and time that were, enabled us to survive some of the stuff that we were about to face. Now, it was, it, was, it was a strike to my pride to think, because I thought of myself more highly than I ought. And, but God was, God was letting me know how he saw it. So, you know what it did to me? It, it offended me, made me upset, made me feel insecure for a while, but then it adjusted me. And once I adjusted, I realized, you know, the thing that's the most damaging to any person is not what they don't know. It's what they don't know that they don't know. And it was like, oh, as soon as I started figuring out, there was a lot more to learn. And I needed to really allow God to teach. God was able to carry me on to different things and a different level of operation. There are things in your life that right now where you're sitting, you're kind of on the diving board. You're on the platform. You're on the thing where God's trying to position you to go forward. Every single one of us in this room this morning. And as you sit and you listen, and you, you learn how to not allow distractions, life, the things that come at you that hurt your feelings, or the, the things that might be real giants in your land that you know you've got to kill, what you've determined you're not going to push off the battle for another day but you've decided, I'm going to really get a hold of this thing. You're about to see a change come into your life to where God's going to carry you over. And those things that you see today, you won't see them tomorrow. It'll be another level, another devil, but another level of moving forward with God. We've got to grow into mature. Mature believers hear differently than immature believers. These kind of believers make choices differently. You know, I, I've learned to make choices differently than I used to in ministry, in, 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 in my time. You know, I used to allow, every, when I was a young pastor, I was, I, was, I was set in in a condition where the church thought the pastor was the personal uh, gardener, church cleaner, bookkeeper, Everything to all people at all times and at the beck and call of everybody. And boy, they beat the tar out of me over it too. I mean, I had to do everything. 
I was doing everything. And you know, I was young and strong and I didn't care. I was going to do it anyway because, you know, I was just stupid enough to do that. And I just went after it. And then after a while, I realized I can't, I couldn't please people. I couldn't please, you know, and they were always like, well, and you're going to, you know, I didn't, you didn't get a call from you this week when I missed. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm busy. He goes, yeah, but Jesus left the 90 and nine. And you know, my response was, I wanted to do things right. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, people were like, I would, I would, they would sit down with me and I would talk to them and tell them the truth. And then they would get mad at me. One guy, he was the big bully of the church. And he would stand up in my office and say, who do you think you are? And then he would put his fist out like he was going to pound me. And he threatened me with a baseball bat one time. I'm, I got a baseball bat in my car. I'm going to go get it. Don't make me go get it. And you know, my problem was not that I was afraid of the baseball bat. My problem was I was afraid of going back BC. Amen. I was like, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And you know, one day I'm at the altar and I'm crying. I'm like, Lord, Lord, I'm failing these people. I'm, I'm, I, who do I think I am? Who do I, who do I, I mean, I'm up here trying to tell these people things and who do I think I am? And man, boom, the Lord just spoke at the altar and said, you are who I said you are. You are the pastor of this church. Get up off this altar and turn around and be the pastor. Power come into my being. And I stood up and I turned around and I told him, I said, look, we're not playing the game. We're not going to play that game. There's only so much of me, and so it's time for some people to step up. We're either going to step up and see this church grow, or we're going to bury it right here where it's at. But we're going to do something because it's got to come to another level. And you know, for, for a period of time, there's a rattling and shaking. Some people are, right, he just can't tell me what to do. It just took off. And, and, and it was amazing where they took off to. Many of, those, many of those same people took off to a non-spirit-filled church. And listen, I, I'm not trying to pick on non-spirit-filled people. They walk in the light they have. But that's not where my life is. That's what God brought me out of. My life is different. And I'm like, how, how, did, how did that happen? Well, they were already moving in that direction spiritually anyway. They had somewhere along the way had forgotten to hear. And it took them backward and you know I'm, i hate to say it you know it's gonna sound terrible but we watch so many of those same people that we loved their lives come apart at the seams their children went crazy and or worse and it was like it was totally unnecessary if everybody had just adjusted into what the lord was really trying to get across to us in that time The last part I'm going to share with you this morning. There's so much to this. See, as you learn to hear, your maturity level determines how you hear. Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Then he said, take heed how you hear. One of them is be careful who you're paying attention to. Be careful. You know, I told our church a couple of years ago, I preached a marriage message to wives. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And 
Of course, you know, anytime you say the word submit, wives are going, you know, it's just like this tension. I was like, no, we're not going to go into the male chauvinistic thing. There's a reason Paul said that because, because, you know, Paul's trying to tell wives, why is it you pay attention to every voice in your life except the voice of your husband? And then you wonder why your home is the way that it is. Y'all okay with me? I mean, I, I, but it's like he said, he says, pay it, wives, pay attention where you're supposed to pay attention to. We can also translate that into the church because we are the bride of Christ, his wife. If we start listening to him instead of listening to all the opinions that are out there about what Jesus is and what Jesus says, we come to a different place. So our maturity level can determine how we hear. See, I know this doesn't seem very exciting this morning, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is how we're going to dig, it, dig a ditch right here, and God's going to fill it. Amen. Second Kings chapter 2. Look at this. This is chapter 1 through 18. Second Kings chapter 2. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went to Elisha from Gilgal, went with Elisha from Gilgal. That means he brought him along. He took him along. The old took the young. The old took, everybody say, the old took the young. The old took the young. Now listen, that's, that's a very important. You know why this is in the Bible? The, one of the reasons it's in the Bible is to communicate to old people, not to advocate to the young people who are moving faster. Young people naturally move faster than old people. They want to go faster than the old people. They will try everything in their power to make old people move faster. But the reality is old people don't move faster. Old people move slower because we're older. Like Pastor Ziggy talking about kneeling down on that tarmac. My God, I'm sitting there talking to Tammy and while he's saying that, this just happened to me. I mean, I had a dog kill one of my chickens, so I was making sure that dog understood how it was really going to be. But in that pen, there's a bunch of dog holes. So when I got done with the dog, I stepped in one of them dog holes and hurt my knee, and then I've been hobbling around ever since. And it's like, there's a time I could have done that, and I come out of there with no scars. But every battle is going to have a few scars now. I mean, I'm walking around like Festus Hagen, you know, just, But that's why that's in there. And then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I'll not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Meaning in the Hebrew, I recognize in the Lord is life. And in you, man of God, is the Lord's life for me in this sector of ministry. And he recognized Listen, here's one of the things that pastors will do to you sometimes. My pastor does, he, he still does it to me, and he's been doing it for years. He used to hurt my feelings bad. But he would try to kick me off. I mean, he would like, you know, if you don't really think you need to be, you know, following in this church and in this ministry, you ought to go find you another one. Or, you know, we, we tithe to my pastor. And he'll, and it just this last visit we had, he's like, you know, if you don't ever, if you think you need to be putting that money somewhere else, don't you give it to me. I'm like, yeah, but that's not what that's about. And, you know, you can get your feelings hurt because pastors seem like, you know, my pastor would sometimes, I'd be like, 
hey, he's coming, I'm going to shake his hand, and then he would turn. I remember one particular instance in the church that before I was set in, he would turn and go another way and talk to somebody else. And I'm like, I thought he loved, I thought I was his favorite. I thought, and I would get my feelings hurt. But all of those things were to say, because he, he, he even told me, what, he let it slip one time. He said, you know, I, I could see it in you. I could see what God was doing in you. I could see you as one of my sons in the Lord that might get the inheritance. And he said, I wanted to find out how hungry you were and how easy it would be to kick you off. And you know, some of us, we got ministry in our mind. We're going somewhere with ministry in our mind, and we're still stuck on the reactions of those fathers. I'll, I'll tell you right now, sometimes some of the other churches that we might have been a part of and the man of God might have hurt our feelings and we left, it wasn't about that. It was about how easy can you get kicked off. Go ahead, he didn't fail, you failed. How many believers are floating around Oklahoma City right now on that preacher hurt my feelings? They didn't recognize my gift. Or they're... Or whatever they defined it, you know, going wrong there. And it wasn't anything to do with anything other than you got easily kicked off. Right. Go ahead, man. That's right. Oh, you're on it, man. Everybody say, I'm not going to get kicked off. I'm not going to get kicked off. <laughs> you realize this happened at, when they were heading down to Bethel. Bethel is the house of God. The house of God. I'm starting to sweat now. All right. They, they were heading down to the house of God. They were deciding, we're not going to just live in the wilderness. We're getting planted in church now, and God's trying to lead me into a getting planted moment in my life where my roots go down deep. You know, you can live in a place, even in church life, where you're like, well, if it don't work out, I'm out of here. And listen, it's never been like that in my mind. It's like God showed up in my life in this house this is where he has appeared to me. This is where I will build my altar. Yes. And as for me and my house, we That's will serve right. the Lord. Yes. So you can't treat the house of God like McDonald's or Burger King, where you're just kind of going around, floating around, and like, well, if I don't like it here next Sunday, I'll go over here and I'll just wherever, wherever the Spirit moves me. That's not how the Spirit moves you. Jesus is not a fornicator. The Holy Ghost is not a fornicating spirit. And the Bible talks about it in terms of spiritual adultery. Go ahead now. It does. Jesus isn't wanting his people to hop in one bed after another. That's right. Going to one church after another. That's right. He's picked a place, he's made a choice. Because there's something there yeah. that you can't get anywhere. I had a fellow one time, he hurt my feelings because I was a real young preacher. He's like, well, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, you don't feed me sometimes. So I'm going to go listen to the, to the TV preachers. They feed me. So I called Pastor Tom. I'm like, man, what's the deal? I, he goes, well, he said, I, I know what you preached. He said, so uh, he said, he's off. He said he, he hasn't figured out what Jesus' voice really sounds like yet. That's right. And I'm telling you, it's, a, it's an amazing thing when you start making transition in your thinking. Amen. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elijah and they said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over your head today, from over you today? 
And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Now, here's what we think. You're thinking about these schools of the prophets that Elijah had set up all over that area. And, and they, these sons of the prophets would, were watching this process. My question immediately is, why were they over there? Why were they over there watching over the stuff and not in pursuit of where the life was really flowing? Why were they over there? Now, they could see. They could see in the Spirit. That's why they said, don't you know, hasn't the Lord been able to tell you too, Elijah, that your master, our master, is going to be taken from our head today? He's leaving? He said, I know it. You need to be quiet. Now think about this. We had a whole bunch of people here that saw something in the Spirit. We have Elisha here that saw something in the Spirit, but they interpreted it two different ways. And only one of them at the end of this story got the double portion anointing. You know, it's not, you know, I heard it said one time, Michaela, my, my daughter Michaela went and saw uh, Rick Pino one time. You're, this is a while back. But she caught him after the thing, and she went up. She goes, I want your anointing. I want, you to, I want you to give me your anointing. And he said, well, he said, that's not mine to give. And I, I respected the man for saying that. Now, I understand that, you know, get prayed for all you can get prayed for. But I respected the man for saying that because he was actually operating more biblically. See, we, we think anointings are kind of like that sometimes. Like, well, I, I just want get to get an anointing from, from my pastor, but I don't follow. And we get kicked off. I learned this about my pastor. It, it's, it's the one that's with you when you go. It's the one that stays with you when you're leaving. He's with you the entire time that you've been able to build with him, walk with him. Boy, the Lord leaves a deposit for you that's greater than just the measure that the other sons of the prophet. Now, the other sons of the prophets, they got a portion. But you realize what, the, what this crown prince anointing, what this, this double portion anointing was? It was the inheritance anointing. In every one of these Israeli families, the, 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 the one that got the inheritance, the, in, the inheritor, he got two-thirds of the pie of whatever the dad had to leave. He got two-thirds of the pie. The rest of the kids divided the other third. And that was, that was the anointing of the double portion. The anointing of the double portion came to Elisha because he stayed with him. And you know why he stayed with him? Because he heard differently than the other guys that weren't following as closely. They wanted to function in a gift, but not the depth of the relationship. I'm telling you, this has crippled the body of Christ in, in my time. In my time. This has been one of the things that has made us so ineffective because we never allowed our Christianity to connect in a, in a healthy level of the relationship where somebody could actually mentor me, disciple me, and speak into my life. One of the scriptures I always remind our people of, and I have a lot lately, is Romans chapter 10, verse 14, when Paul said this, How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? 
How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring you good tidings, glad tidings of good things. We think of the scripture only applying to winning the lost. This scripture is far more than just winning the lost. This scripture is, can the preacher in your life actually have your permission, your attention, and your willingness to dig out the crud, the spiritual crud that is preventing you from hearing God clearly? When you submit yourself, now I don't really think you ever should call your pastor the preacher. I've always been offended by that personally. There's some people from my circle years ago, well, hey, preacher, like I want to be something different than that. I know when somebody does that, it might be an older person who's relating to a different time, but I don't want to get that thing started in the church. You know, I don't want to be that to them. I want to be more than that to them because I'm called to be more than that to them. But they have to hear that. They have to be willing to get there with that. And I'm learning and I'm growing, but I want them to learn and grow too. But I've sat under my pastor and I've allowed my pastor over the years to dig in my ears. My pastor doesn't tell me everything that I want to hear. I called, called him one time hurt and very offended because people had said bad things about me. And I said, hey, these people are saying these things about me, da-da-da-da. And his response was, well, are they right? <laughs> and, and after I, I, I swallowed the frog that was in my throat, what? He goes, well, are they right? He goes, you got to learn to take some criticism. They might be, they might, some of what they say might be right. Well, you know what he did? He helped remove debris in my hearing in just that truth statement. And listen, I could have made an easy choice of like slam the phone down and just hang on to what I thought was my, my, my boo-boos. And there was a time early in our relationship when it was that way with my pastor. My pastor, man, one of the first leadership meetings, well, the first leadership meeting I ever sat in with him, he corrected me in front of the whole group of leaders because he, I was doing something he didn't like. And he said, I want you to quit doing that, and I don't want you to stop it right now. Don't do it again. And I'm like, does he not recognize who I am? <laughs> I left that meeting so mad, I shook his hand and smiled, because in my heart, I said, I know how to play this game. I ain't coming back. <laughs> and I went home, and my poor wife, she thought I had done, walked away from Jesus and everything. And I was walking away from the guy that Jesus sent me. And I mean, I was so hostile and so mad but the Lord yanked the slack out of me. And I know some people don't preach this stuff anymore to you, but listen, I'm going to tell you something right here. I had a dream two weeks into this major offense, this major, I was cutting grass. It was in the suburb. I was mowing grass with a push mower. I didn't even have grass anymore. I cut that thing down, scalped the earth, and I was out there cutting dust. I was so mad. I didn't care if it was 110. I was so angry. Every day, I just crank that lawnmower up and cutting grass. I was prophesying, amen. Cutting the flesh. <laughs> and man, one night I have a dream. And in the dream, I'm sitting in a church service. And pastor's up there on the platform. And I'm standing over there, still mad as a wet hornet. Man, I'm mad. And he calls three people up, and I was one of them. Come stand beside me. And I'm like, I am not going to do this. I don't want to do this. I'm not going to go stand beside but then I thought, well, I'm going to play the game. I can do this, and I'll just not come back. 
I stood up in the dream, and when I stood up, I was totally naked. All my clothes vanished, <gasps> and I was horrified. I'm, I'm not giving you a visual. Just move on. Amen. <laughs> but I sat down and started grabbing my Bible, trying to cover up my nakedness, and I'm absolutely horrified and embarrassed, and then the Holy Spirit began to talk to me and said, that's your man of God. I made the choice to put you under that man of God. He's got life for you. If you shipwreck the relationship with him, you're going to shipwreck the future of your anointing and your call. You've got a choice to make, son, and you need to make it now. I'm going to tell you something. You can repent real quick when you want to. You can repent real quick when you want to. You can let that thing drag out and drag out and drag out. But boy, when you, you figure out God is talking, you need to change. And I said, Father, I am so sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. And man, my clothes came back on and I got up and I stood next to my pastor and I've been at his side ever since. Ever since. I'm going to be there until he goes home to be with Jesus. He's 82 years old now, but I'm talking about a wealth of knowledge yes. and a wealth of experience in the relationship I've had with him. Thank God for that man of God because everything that unfolded in my life came through that man of God. And me allowing him to correct me, to challenge me, to talk to me. And you know, I know that there was a lot of people that were around at that time but even when he's talking, like I called him on the phone a few days ago. He talks to me for two hours. He was worked up. He'd been hearing about camp. He was worked up. He was worked up and he was talking. And you know, some people don't like to talk that long. But I'm like, you know what? This man, I'm, going, I'm, I'm listening. Go ahead, man. I mean, I interjected here and there, but he's just pouring out and pouring out and pouring out, and, and I'm, I'm listening, and I've been amazed at the things that God has been able to talk to me. While he's talking, my ears open up. While he's talking, revelation comes. While he's talking, it's like the next turn, the next chapter, the, the way to win the battle that I'm, it's like so many things begin to unlock because the life of God has come forth and to help me. And listen, I understand that in this new covenant, we all have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. However, if we fail to recognize the people whom God sends us, we'll go through the longest, hardest drought that we've ever went through. Because Jesus even told them in his day, he said, if you can't get this, he said, there's going to come a time where you'll not see me again until you can say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I fear there are many churches and many Christians who have rejected the man of God because even he's a, he's a man, he's going to fail, he's going to do everything right. But he was God's man, God's choice. And they'll not see him again showing up in those times. Listen, I'm challenging you today. I don't, I'm not saying get weird with this. There are some people that get weird I'm saying, let's allow God in this season of time. I'm not talking about just because I'm here. I'm talking about this church, where you're at, where, where you go from here, where you go in your future. Allow God to start teaching again, 
talking again, digging again, challenging again to bring you to the next step, the next layer, the next level, or whatever you want to call it, where you're walking in the freedom that he's called you to walk in that you know really belongs to you. Listen to me. It's happening. 2023 is a mark year where God is waking up the ear. And he's waking up the ear because it will lead to real faith, real power. There are things on the other side of this Selah of God. Listen, I, I know it doesn't seem like revival as, as I've been used to it. But it's a, it's a moment where God says there's time for a, for a... You know what a Selah is, by the way? A Selah is more than just a pause. A Selah in the Hebrew is a, is a keynote change in the, in the song. And the song keynote changes from lower to higher because the song rhythm has now adjusted to a higher rhythm. When the Selah of God comes to the body of Christ like it's being introduced now, what we do with it carries us into our future. In Jesus' name. Let's stand up. Praise God. I hope this ministered to you today. Well, I want to pray for you. I want you to be open this week. I hope that you will come back. I want you to be open this week for the Lord to heal you, to touch you, to minister to you, to set you free. Because I'm telling you, I, I, I really, I mean, if, 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 if I was just coming just to teach and to preach, I would have, I would have, made that announcement right off. But I think the Lord is, is going to do some things supernatural in your life. And this is a moment of freedom. I'm telling you, I got such a vision, even though I, I've been struggling with some of the knee things. Uh, when I was here in January, I had hurt my other knee because I stepped in a dog hole again. <laughs> dog hole. I got to a lot of dogs. But I'd run out in my boots with no socks out in the dark to turn off a water hose and it was starting to thunderstorm and I was running back and stepped at a dog and hurt myself. God healed me the week that we were here in January in that left knee and healed that leg and I'm, I'm trusting him to heal this one too and he's going to fix that one and I'm telling you I believe it because we can't, we can't be walking around with some of the stuff that we've been walking around with to go into where we've got to go. And God is not wanting to abandon a generation. He's not going to abandon all of us who've been serving the Lord for a while. He's going to bring us along. He's not going to allow those young whippersnappers to outrun us. But he is going to touch us and help us to catch up. And I'm telling you, I'm believing God for healing to happen in your body. And even more than that, I'm believing God for healing to happen in your soul. If you're like me, I've had more internal things that were healed than external. And I thank God for every one of them. Or God healed my heart of damage that was done when I was young. Healed me of words that people have said when I was young. Healed me of even my own mistakes and failures and set me free from that shadowing over me. Jesus is still the healer, and he knows how to heal us. So if you would close your eyes for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you today. Lord, I thank you today, Lord, that as you move into this room,
I'm asking you to look into each one of our lives. Lord, I pray that no one would take issue with anything that I said today, but that we would take it to heart. We would allow the visitation of the Lord to transition us from the place that we've been to the place that we're going. Dig in our ears. Open our hearts. And Lord, sometimes we hold on so tightly to something we don't even realize we're gripping it. If you would just gently today pry our fingers off of it so that the blood can circulate again and the habit can be broken. If you would just visit us right now in this moment and set us free. Lord, we, we promise we're not going to get a hold of it again like that. We're going to transition into a place where we're free. Lord, I pray that you'll destroy the yoke. Lord, things that have held us in bondage, things that have had control. Lord, it can be things that are like addictions or it can be things like mentalities, strongholds of the mind, traditions, legalistic things. Lord, we're asking you to come in and do what it is you want to do. And I pray that you touch the physical bodies today. Lord, heal the joints, heal the back problems, heal the diseases in our organs. For some reason, I'm seeing somebody's midsection right now. Your midsection, there's, there's a, a liver things going on. And I see the Lord touching that today. If that is you, I'm going to tell you this, if you've even suspected it was you, I think there's somebody here today it is you, but you never went to the doctor over it, but you've been concerned. You've been concerned. You've even got people around you that go, you know, I think you've got, and so it's played upon your mind. And I would encourage you right now to just say, Lord, with a simple hand of faith, a childlike faith, Lord, I receive my healing today and ask you to do something to shift things around. And I'm telling you, the Lord's going to touch you and and a, and, a, and a change is going to happen in your body, in your, in your insides, in your insides. And I'm telling you, it's going to affect the way your digestion works and it's going to affect the way that your kidneys are working. Man, I have never given a word like this ever. But God's doing something on the inside of your physical body. He's going to, he's, he's going to make some things work like they need to work in there. And the struggle that you've had is changing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, I ask you to touch physically. I ask you to touch. Everybody in this place, if you can, lift your hands. Lift up them Lou Love branches. Lift up and praise the Lord and receive Jesus as your healer today to come in and touch you, to pull the splinters out, to heal you of the things that are even emotional if you've suffered great loss, I'm going to tell you, he can still touch that. He can give you strength. He can cause you to pass through the life without walking cripple. And he can lead you to the other side supernaturally in the name of He knows how to take the, the things that haunt you in your mind. Even your own failures, he knows how to take them. And he knows how to heal you of them. You may have the memory, but it doesn't lord over you. It's not dictator. It's not enslaving you. It's no longer influencing your behavior. 
in the name of Jesus. Father, take that stuff right now. We break the bondage. We declare right now healing. We declare freedom in Jesus' name. So all over this place, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for being my healer. I believe you're touching me today. Heal me. Give me strength. Work in me. Lord, I'm asking you to help me. Help me with the aches and the pains. Help me with the headaches. Help me with the bad back aches. Help me with everything I've been struggling with in the name of Jesus. And especially, help me in my hearing today. I give you permission to dig into my ear and to set me free from anything that hinders me from hearing clearly the voice of the Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, one more time, close your eyes. Now, if anybody's here and you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you, here's, you, can, you can get on the cutting edge of this because this is coming. I mean, I am prophesying to you here. One of the things I can see so clearly in the future is that there's about to be a flood of people coming into the kingdom of God. There is about to be a flood of people. I'm talking about a flood, a literal flood of people that are about to be born again. And God is positioning his, his, his barns, his house, his people, so that when they come in, they're not coming in to a bunch of dysfunctional people. Now listen to me, this is important. They're coming into people who know who they are in Jesus. We're not perfect people and we never will be. But I'm telling you, we won't be walking around in the defeatism and the worship that we've been walking around in. And when they come in, they're going to see a witness and a testimony of victorious living. But it's about to happen. And if you're here today and you're, you're not sure about your salvation, it's a, it's a day to get that settled. It's a real day to get that settled. And so I encourage you this morning, with every, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you need to make that decision today, or you, you, if you just, maybe, you don't even want to come to the front at the moment, but you say, Pastor, I, I need you to pray for me, because I want to make sure that that's right. That's a very important thing. Listen, that's stuff you, you can't play with. That's stuff that's eternal. Where you land when this is all over is extremely important. So if that's you, just, just simply just say, Pastor, that's me. Lift up your head. Just, just wave it at me and let me know. If you're here in this place, you want to be sure you settle that eternal question. And I'll pray for you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord for a good day. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful, beautiful people. This beautiful people at Winners Church, in Jesus' name. I feel like you guys are family. So I hope you, you don't mind me preaching at you like I do at home because I kind of <laughs> do this at home. Amen. So I love you. And thank you so much for allowing me to have your time today. Pastor, if you'll come. Listen, it was awesome, Pastor Ben. We needed to hear that. Thank you, brother. Oh, I tell you. Listen, how many of you needed to hear this today? Can I, can I say something to y'all? You know, I, we're, we're going we're gonna to be dismissed and we're going to come back tonight. You know, that's why we're, that's why, you know, I know, 
I, I would linger for another 45 minutes, make y'all think we were getting out of here any second now. And then somewhere around, you know, quarter till, <laughs> we, we, we blast out of here. But anyway, <clears throat> you need to understand. I want you to go out of here remembering the, the point of what Pastor Ben said. What did he talk? What is he talking about? Us getting a hearing ear. Those of us that are immature, maturing to the point where we hear the voice of God. Those that are of us that are mature, allowing God to dig out what is keeping us from hearing and discerning what the Spirit is saying. Now, some of you, it took a turn in a direction. Probably you didn't, and I hope you don't mind me doing that. I'm not, I'm not trying to. <clears throat> some of us, we've come out of places where people that we trusted in leadership were abusive toward us, where they didn't have a right heart. Where you had a right heart and you wanted to serve, but there were people that you were serving under, they had a wrong heart and they took advantage of you. And they treated you. Listen, it's not hard to discern. It's not hard to discern the difference between people that are bad leaders and good leaders, people that are abusive and people that are not abusive. It's very easy to see it, to, to recognize it, to know it. And we can't, but we can't allow ourselves to reject what God is trying to get across to us because Pastor Ben made a real strong connection between us hearing the voice of God and and that and and I just in case you missed it how can we how can we know unless we hear how can we hear unless there's a preacher you know and that's that's God's way God's way of talking to us many times is not just through the logos not just through, you know, uh, that inward witness or that, you know, that still small voice in us. But, you know, God uses men. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm going to say God uses every man. God doesn't use every man that says that he's used of God. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? That's why it's extremely important. You know, I, I, pre I preached a message um, before... Uh, COVID broke out, knowing that something was coming, and it was uh, it was on um, strategic alignment. And I believe that God is aligning people strategically with others that are of like precious faith. People that you know, God will send you here because you need to hear the word that's being preached here. Some of us will go, we'll run, we'll try to hear word every, we'll try to hear every word that's being spoken. You know, God don't want you hearing every word that's being spoken. You know, some of you, God, I mean, it'd be like a plumber. If, if, if you knew that you was going to be a plumber and you studied electricity, why? Why are you studying electricity when you ain't going to do nothing with electricity? You're supposed to be a plumber. You know, if you're going to be a plumber, immerse yourself in the plumbing stuff. Leave the electricity to the electricians. And see, there's a lot of people in the body of Christ, they don't ever recognize where God, you know, where God wanted them to align themselves, where they needed to... We're not, we're, you're not going to get a lot of end time preaching here. If I ever crack open the book of Revelation and start talking about end times, it'll only be because, let's well, see, somebody's done setting an alarm for me. Anyway, it'll, it'll be, 
It'll be because the Lord, you know, led us that direction. But you know what? You're probably not going to hear end times here. But you know what you are going to hear? Following after the Spirit. How to entertain the presence of God. How to be a, how to, uh, mo, mo, mobilization. Get, getting out there and doing what the Lord called you and created you to. Those are the things you're going to hear. And you know when you're going to discover the fullness of God's blessing in your life? When you're about those things that God called you to. That God told you to do. You know what? Leave the electricity to the electricians. Leave the plumbing to the plumbers. You know, you be about the Father's business for you. Amen. Amen. And plant yourself firmly. But realize something. Hearing the voice of God is very connected to recognizing those that God has uh, brought into your life to speak His word. To speak his word. And you know what? Uh, those those normally, typically those that do, like Pastor Ben said, they'll try to they'll try to kick you off and get you off of it. Not 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 for meanness. But you know what? If you can be run off, if you can be run off by the preacher, the devil's the devil's not gonna have any problems with you. Because if you can be run off by God's people. The devil's certainly going to have success at keeping you from everything that God has for you. Amen. It's true. But praise the Lord. What an awesome word today. I'm not, I'm not sure that uh, there was ever a more important word spoken by Pastor Ben to this church as the word he preached this morning. It's a good word. Now, you know what? It, today, he, today, it wasn't to bring us to our feet. We needed to sit and hear this. Right? Even your pastor was sitting down on this one. Some of these things, we just need to let it settle in. So we're going we're gonna to let God bring about some changes in our lives that cause us to hear with a clarity we've never had before. Amen. 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 Boy, y'all was with Dave uh, Roberson for years. You know, what? one of the things I appreciated about him was his ability to hear God say stuff that nobody else heard. And I remember as a teenager sitting and listening to him and watching him minister and thinking, man, it'd be nice to hear the voice of God like that. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to hear the voice of the Lord like that? But you know what you don't, you know what you don't think about? You don't think about what it costs you to hear the voice of the Lord like that. What it takes to tune your ear to hear the voice. But you know what? You can hear. You can hear. If you'll determine that you're going to do what it takes to tune up to hear the voice of God. And man, once you hear his voice... I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing more dangerous than a believer that's following the leading of the Spirit, that hears the Word of God, recognizes the voice of God, and allows themselves to be commanded by that voice to do His will in the earth. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, no one more dangerous on planet earth than that kind of believer. Be determined to be that kind of believer. The kind of believer that will turn away from a million dollar deal to do what God said. Because you know what? Sometimes the devil will show up with a million-dollar deal if he knows it'll run you off from what God has for you. The devil will give you a promotion if he knows the promotion will keep you from what God has for you. The devil will send you a new car if he knows that new car will take you to the bar instead of church. Boy, I need to quit. Amen. Now I know how Pastor Tammy felt up here. <laughs> Come on now, sometimes we don't count on that. We're like, look at the blessing of the Lord. Some of it ain't the blessing of the Lord. Some of it, the enemy created it to keep you from what God really had for you. Knowing that, knowing that you would accept something 
that would steer you away from what he had for you. And God would bring you the same thing if you just follow him, do his will. It may take a bit longer. You may have to go through some things to put your, yourself in the right position. But listen, I'm going to tell you right now, it's better to go with God than it is to go with the enemy or to go with your flesh. Praise the Lord. So we're going to pray together. We're going to dismiss, get something to eat, spend some time with your family, take a nap, do, what, do whatever you got to do. But invite someone to come with you tonight. Bring someone with you tonight. And let's expect the Lord to do God. Listen, I don't expect that the rest of these meetings are going to be uh, like today. In fact, if it's, if it's anything like I've, I've, I've known the Lord to be, you won't know what's going to happen. And so uh, we're gonna, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to be like Pastor Ben. I'm not going to tell you what exactly to expect other than God's going to show up and he's going to do what he wants to do. I wouldn't count on it being laid back all week. That's for sure. So uh, uh, let's pray together. And uh, you, you'll be dismissed into uh, his presence and uh, uh, released to come back here. Six o'clock, we're gathering back here tonight. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Pastor Ben. Thank you for the man of God and the gift of God that he is to your body. Lord, we're so grateful that you've connected us. And, and God, we hear what you're saying through him to us. Lord, we, we are willing. We are willing. We are willing. And we will be obedient. And because of that, Lord, we know that you're going to open up the doors for us not only to eat the good of the land, but, Lord, to live in the measure of your grace and of your mercy and of your goodness and of your blessing, Lord, like we never have before. Freedom, 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 freedom like never before. Freedom that goes beyond anything we've ever had anything we've ever experienced. Lord, so much freedom that when we walk into a room, uh, those that are bound up start to get free themselves. In Jesus' name, we have to, amen. Thank God. I'm not going to say it, but I thank you for that, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So, Father, let your hand rest upon each one as we go in your presence, Lord. We thank you for it. Everybody that believed it said amen. 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 Listen, tonight, 6 p.m., come with